0: Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com. Today, our guest is Debbie Cowden. Debbie is the Senior Digital Media Specialist for EWTN, Global Catholic Network. She lives in Ohio with her husband and three children, which makes her an expert in this book that she and her husband have just written. It's called the Prayer Book for the Tired Parents, uh, the minor title is Practical Ways to Grow in Love of God and Get Your Family to Heaven by uh, Sophia Institute Press. And Debbie, thanks for joining us today.
1: I'm so excited to talk about what it means to be a tired parent and what we can do about it. Well, I would say this. Anybody who's listening and is, not, and is a parent and is not tired
0: is, must be mailing in the responsibility to somebody else, because I've never met one who can go through child rearing and say they're not tired
1: exactly and you know what if, if they have some secret recipe for being a parent and not being tired i would love to hear it <laughs> i mean I you know, but- imagine,
0: even mary was tired from time to time so i we're not going to be uh off the hook on that one amen <laughs> so i i, I was going to ask you probably what's the inspiration but really it, it's it, And my guess is it's kind of real life and just something you and your husband experienced, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I... I studied television in college, and my husband is in healthcare, so he went to school for a long time in order to be prepared for his profession, and I went to school for a long time. I had to have internships. I had to do all the hands-on work in order to be ready to be a TV producer, which is what I did before I went into digital media, and so we had all the training. When we went into our careers, we were ready to go, but... For whatever reason, there is not any skill set training when it comes to being a parent uh, in terms of raising your children in the face. So you might go to birthing classes. You might take a parenting class to learn how to change diapers and mix a bottle of formula and comfort your baby when they have colic. But nothing really prepares you for how your prayer life is going to change when you become a parent and, and how your mental status and your ability to process everything that's going on, nobody trains you for that. And so what happened with Dave and me is, you know, I've worked at EWTN for almost 10 years now. And um, I thought I knew my faith. And I thought that I was living my faith. The way that I should be when I had our when we had our first child, everything changed and all of a sudden we found ourselves feeling like going to daily mass was impossible feeling like praying the rosary together as a husband and wife with a newborn was impossible, going to adoration felt impossible, and so what we found happened to us was that we kind of slid into being Sunday mass Catholics. Outside of you know the work that I was doing for EWTN, and praise God for that because <laughs> that was helping me hang on. But but nobody prepared me for being a Catholic parent and really answering my call to raise holy children. And so this book, the Tired, the Prayer Book for Tired Parents, is really born out of that desire to live live our faith to the fullest and to raise our children to be saints in this secular world. So first and foremost, we want to offer encouragement for parents who are in the same situation that we were in where we're spending so much of our energy just trying to keep our kids alive, keep them clothed and bathed and fed and content and feeling like we're not having the time for prayer uh, and the, the time to grow in our relationship with God. So that's the first thing is that we want to offer encouragement. You're not alone, but also we don't want you to be stuck. So if you're feeling helpless in your vocation, if you're feeling like you're resenting parenthood or marriage, um, family life, we want you to be able to find hope, to be able to have some practical tools for getting yourself out of that rut and to be able to experience the joy of your vocation and the love of God and experience God's peace in your home. And we really hope that our book accomplishes that for, for fellow Catholic parents.
0: Well, I think it's important because, you know, when we say tired parents, a lot of people immediately go to physically, but, you know, spiritually as well. And it's it's important to remember, as you mentioned, you know, know, whether it doesn't seem like there's time to do rosaries and family prayer and adoration and all those things. Those are exactly the things we need to be doing right to kind of keep us strong. And so I'm glad you brought that up because it really is important. And let's let's face it, you know, as a parent today. You're dealing with a lot of other stuff. Now, I know your kids are, are fairly small, but, you know, it won't be long when you're dealing with, you know, the gender ideology and all this craziness that we lives in our world. And so that's not even, that's not going to make it any easier, especially if spiritually we kind of put that on the back burner.
1: Absolutely. And when you think about it, raising our children to be saints is our number one responsibility as parents. You know, it's great you get extra credit if if they end up like going off and and going to college and doing well in school and, and maybe they get married and have a family of their own. Maybe they play for a D1 college football team, whatever. That's great. That's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that our children get to heaven. And if we don't get them to heaven nothing else matters. And, and you bring up the gender ideology and all of the secular stuff that, that makes its way into our children's lives. It's also our responsibility as parents to protect them from that. I think for as long as possible, my daughter is six years old, and, and we've tried to shield her from a lot of the things that are going on in the world. It starts by building a foundation of faith in the home. And I know that that sounds crazy and it might seem unattainable, but it is possible. And it's worth every ounce of our energy, every ounce of spare energy that we think we have to be able to form our children and the faith. And like you said, what, what happens is uh, we feel like we don't have the the spiritual energy to, to become holy, but we pray for the grace to desire it. And what Dave and I found is that as we were starting to rebuild a foundation of faith by having time together to pray as a family by surrounding ourselves with sacramentals and and holy reminders in our home, making our home a domestic church, Uh, by by taking those baby steps to change the way that we were living, we found that we were growing in our desire. And, um, you know, when the pandemic broke out back in 2020, we had a almost four-year-old and a one-year-old, and we had just found out that we were pregnant with baby number three. And the masses shut down. We had just gotten our kids to the point where they were sitting still in the pews and we could make it almost the entire mass without having to go to the back of the church. And then all of that changed when, when we weren't allowed to go to mass anymore. And then months later, finally able to go back, we couldn't get our kids through mass. They were an absolute wreck. And so there was a time when Dave and I thought, are we just going to have to go to mass separately for now until our kids get a little bit older. And then Dave, my sweet husband, who is so wonderful and, and so holy, <laughs> he said, why don't we start taking them to daily mass? And I'm like, are you crazy? We can barely get through Sunday mass and you want me to take them even more? But he was onto something because what we realized was, first of all, daily mass is wonderful because there are fewer people there. It's quieter. It's a little bit shorter than Sunday mass. And our kids were able to sit up toward the front and they could do it. They could make it through that 30 or 45 minute daily mass. And they learned not just how to sit still, but they learned what was going on during Mass. And so our little children at two, four, and six, they appreciate the Mass. And uh, we found that not only were Dave and I growing in our desire to go to Mass together, but our kids were too. And so we've seen how really God, God nurtures that desire in our hearts if we just let Him And I just, I I think it's so wonderful. And I tell, I get weird, weird looks from parents who are like, you take your kids to daily mass. Yes. And we love it. And it wasn't always like that. Um, But God puts the desire on our hearts and we find that we've been able to build up a spiritual endurance. (laughs) and um, a, a great desire to love God more and that's what we want for families because it's not just about living your faith or doing all of the steps like praying the rosary and going to mass on Sundays and and blessing your kids with holy water it's growing in your love of God and that really just changes your whole life and that's the biggest thing that we want to accomplish with the prayer book for tired parents is is building that foundation so that parents can grow truly grow in their love of God and help their children do the same
0: and it's important to remember that your your faith is not a coat that you put on when you go outside. It's part of it's who you are. And it's a gift that we were given that seed at our baptism. If we're not growing in it, we're dying in it. And, you know, I always think, you know, imagine at the end of our life and at our judgment and the Lord says, I gave you these children as gifts and they don't even know me. I mean, how small will we feel at that point and how much of a failure will we feel if we don't? grow in our own faith, because we can't share, we can't help people if we're not growing in our own, right?
1: Exactly. And you know what? That's what we were made for. We were made to know God, to love Him, and to serve Him in this world so that we can be together with Him forever in the next. And when it comes to how to do that, a lot of us, you know, I'm a millennial, um, a lot of us don't know what to do. We may have gone to Catholic school, we may have grown up in a Catholic family, but we just don't know what to do and once once you have that foundation it you really can see that you're not just going through the motions and that it's really for love of god and you also recognize that you're, you're growing in happiness too, not just holiness, but happiness because you're realizing that you're doing what God made you to do. And there's a great sense of joy in our family. And also we can feel God's peace, knowing that we are striving to do everything for love of him. Um, my, our, our oldest, my six-year-old, prays a prayer every day. I hear her just praying it randomly throughout the day. She says, Jesus, help me love you most. And mm-hmm. isn't that amazing? That's our call as Christians to love the most. And we need that to start in the family because our kids are not going to hear it elsewhere.
0: Well, and if people look at their family and they think, how are we doing, right? You just mentioned, you know, the first three fruits of the spirit are love, peace, and joy. And we can look at our lives and say, do our lives have love, peace, and joy? And if not, then we have a lot of work to do to get to that point. But then it keeps growing and we have to keep growing in our faith. And, you know, we see so many people, think, you know, I've reached this milestone or I've done this and I'm just going to put it in cruise control. And imagine somebody saying that to their spouse, honey, we, we've grown close enough together. Why don't we just coast the rest of our years together? You probably get hit in the head with a frying pan.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a line from the sitcom that my husband loves and, and it says, I could sit on this cream of wheat for years. We don't want you to do that because that's how you know, that's how things grow stagnant. And like you said, if we're not growing, we're dying. And one of the things that we really love and we want to encourage parents about is um, in the prayer book for tired parents, the first part of the book is set up like a workbook. So you can sit down together with your spouse or as a family and say, what is it that we are doing right now that is helping us grow in our faith? And what are the things that are keeping us from our faith. And sometimes, you know, especially if you have older kids, that means your kids might be involved in too many activities outside of the home. And the result is that you're not getting enough time to pray together as a family. Sometimes it means that one of the spouses is spending too much time with their job and it's taking them away from family life. Sometimes it means that you're not making it to mass every Sunday, or you're not yet praying the rosary together as a family by, by, spelling out those specific areas where you know you need improvement, then you're able to work on it consciously as a family. And you can set realistic goals for yourself, like come hell or high water, we are going to pray the rosary every day as a family. And it's not going to be perfect. And I know it's not going to be perfect because there are times where our kids are rolling around on the floor, just completely melting down. But we ask for their guardian angels to pray with us. And we ask um, we ask for patience during those times, and uh, we ask that God will see the desire of our heart and bless that desire. So it's not going to be a perfect process, but by being able to spell out those goals, it really has helped us a lot too. And you know what? Dave and I are taking our own advice, and and we're working through the book as well, and we're trying to see. You know, we literally wrote the book on being tired parents, but we but we're trying to work on it too because we're not ever done until we get to heaven, and. So it, it's just asking yourself, what can I do, God, to love you more? Uh, and, then, and then taking those specific steps so that you can't grow in a relationship just like with your spouse. Well, we go on nights, we talk to each other, we, we make acts of love for each other, we die to ourselves, and we, we think about the other. And, and since marriage is a sacrament and it involves God, we've got to bring God into that too.
0: Well, and I think the important thing to remember is that the best way to love your children is to grow as a husband and wife, right? As you bring Christ into your marriage, it makes you better parents. It allows you to do all these things. And I think the book is helpful in many ways, but I think it is helpful at the end of the chapters where you can kind of do an evaluation. Here's where I am. Here's where I'd like to be kind of thing. And and it's something you can do on a regular basis because we need these reminders because we can get caught in ruts. We can get stuck in life as it continues to pull us in different directions. We need that as our main focus. And I think that's what this book could really help people do.
1: Exactly. And we want those reminders to be all over your home. So we have an entire section of the book that's dedicated to what EWTN founder's Mother Angelica referred to as holy reminders. So that sacramentals, sacred art, uh, little little nods to God all around your home, because it is the domestic church. But then also in the back of the book, we have saint reflections that are tailored to parents. So taking taking the lives of saints and showing how their spirituality applies really well to parents. And then we've got a prayer for each of those particular causes. So um, a prayer for the healing of family rifts. We've got a reflection on Fulton Sheen and a prayer in Thanksgiving for coffee. We've got St. Isidore the farmer and a prayer in Thanksgiving for groceries, St. Lawrence and a prayer when everything is going up in flames. And not only did we put these prayers in the book for you to reference often, but there's also a very large appendix at the back of the book and you're able to take those same prayers and cut them out and Tape them wherever you're going to see them. So whether that's the litany of humility on your bathroom mirror or the, the morning offering next to your coffee pot or, um, you know, the, the Carlo Acutis prayer for good use of the Internet going by your computer. We want you to have these constant reminders to pray throughout the day because what we've benefited from I would say the second biggest thing we've benefited from most first being going to daily math, but, but the second biggest thing that we've benefited from as a family is really striving to make every breath and every moment a prayer. And so that's through these little passing prayers that we have throughout the book, just very short prayers that you can memorize and then putting those longer prayers around the home so that you can be reminded to pray and to make God part of your everyday. It really is a practice, but it's, it, it is a great joy. And that, that's the word that I have to use to describe it is a joy in recognizing that I'm really striving to be who God wants me to be as a wife and as a mother and as a child of God.
0: Well, and really Father, this- yeah, Father Patrick, back in the 50s, you, you know, his, you know, his phrase was oh, the family, that prays together stays together. And that's really important to remember. So, uh, you know, the other thing you mentioned in the book, you know, we talk about, you know uh, there's There's that promise at baptism that we make, right, as primary teachers of our children. And we forget that sometimes. We think if we send our kids to Catholic school or we do this, that it's their responsibility. And it's exactly the opposite. It's our responsibility to make sure our kids grow in their faith and become holy.
1: And we know our children better than anybody else in the entire world. And so when we look at our children as gifts from God— to whom we need to be good stewards we recognize that parenting is not just about meeting those corporal needs but also about meeting those spiritual needs too and truly discipling our children and i think about saints louis and zaley martin the parents of saint Teresa of Lisieux, and um they are incredible parents and a great model for us. They had five daughters who went on to enter religious life. And now, of course, um, St. Therese is a canonized saint. But when Therese was a little child, she was known for having a bad temper. And there were times where Daly wrote letters to her husband, Louis, and said, basically, this child is rolling around on the floor, wailing miserably as though all is lost. And, and somehow, this little three-year-old Therese, who was just melting down, could still become a saint. And so when we look at our own children, we have a prayer in, in the book called, um, the, it's, a, it's a reflection for St. Therese, and the prayer of a parent during the child's tantrum. So in this moment, when this child is just losing it, just writhing around on the floor as though all is lost, that's a moment when saints are made. Because we can disciple our child and we can show them the love of the Father and the compassion and the gentleness of God the Father and sometimes the mercy and sometimes the justice of God the Father, but the love of God the Father in that moment, that disciples our child and that helps our child become a saint. It also helps us become a saint because we're able to exercise those virtues. We're able to grow in holiness and we pray, you know, God, give me patience. He gives you the chances to grow in patience. But really seeing every opportunity as a chance to disciple our children instead of just disciplining them and forming them into little perfectly behaved soldiers. Cardboard cutouts. I don't know the term that you want to use, but, but our children are our children yeah. souls. The souls need to be fed and we can do that. And that changes the way that you parent and that changes the way that you live your whole life too. I'm not feeling like I'm constantly disciplining my children or punishing them for their bad behavior, but instead we're all trying to grow in holiness as a family. And that gives me so much joy and fulfillment as a mother to see that, that I'm not just essentially babysitting these kids or not just, you know, trying to control them. It really is a beautiful perspective to have and so fruitful too.
0: Well, you also mentioned in the book about consecrating, you know, consecrating ourselves as as couples and husbands and wives to the Virgin Mary and St. Joseph. Because, I mean, we're talking about the Holy Family, uh, you know, the earthly trinity, as it's sometimes referred to. And so modeling ourselves after them and growing in our relationship with Virgin Mary and St. Joseph just leads us closer to Jesus, doesn't it?
1: Exactly, and you know when you think about how, how two thirds of the Holy Family were absolutely perfect and sinless, it seems like it's unattainable. But if you break it down, they were patient with each other, they were understanding, they were obedient to God's will. Uh, they they did those acts of service. You think of way, think of the way that Saint Joseph so selflessly loved and protected his wife and his son. And when you break it down into those simple virtues, we can try to practice those virtues too. I see it in my husband who tries so hard to be empathetic and gentle with our kids and who tries so hard to serve me in, in every way, you know, Dave does most of the dishes. He runs pretty much all the laundry. Uh, he puts the kids to bed every night. He, I sometimes I think that he does more than me in the house, but he's always trying to serve me in new ways and in ways that he knows that I need. Uh, and And that's modeling the holy family. And so that's why I say it's It is attainable. We'll never be perfect, but we can embody those same virtues. And along the way, as we're consecrating ourselves and our children to Jesus through Mary and St. Joseph, then we are opening ourselves up to so many graces too, because we're saying, God, I desire to be perfect as you are. Show me through St. Joseph and through the Blessed Mother how to do that. And also entrusting our children and our spouses and ourselves to the Holy Family as well. I think it's great. Well, it is, and I think a good reminder.
0: Yeah, and a good reminder is: look, the evil one has done a way too good a job of destroying families, right? And unless we're we're one aware that he exists, and two that he's unfortunately been very successful, but he he doesn't can't trump Jesus, right? He can't do anything that Jesus doesn't allow him to do, even though he doesn't will him to do evil. It's a reminder to us that we will be tempted, Whether we will have issues, there will be things that come up. So this just strengthens our resolve and helps us to deal with those challenges that the evil is going to throw in our way.
1: It really does. And it's so important also to stay in a state of grace. And Dave loves talking about the sacrament of confession. We try to go every two weeks if we can, um, also because we can gain so many indulgences for souls in purgatory by offering our daily masses for them. Um, But confession heals. And if we're in a state of grace, then we're able to receive those abundant graces from God the Father. And the evil one hates that. He wants nothing more than for our families to be broken up and destroyed. And so when we're talking about those practical ways that we can grow in our love of God and to be holy, we've got to avail ourselves of the sacraments. We've got to be receiving God's mercy and confession. We've got to be receiving Holy Communion as frequently as possible. It's so good. And that's that's the practical path to holiness it's not impossible even in today's age when, when it feels like satan is running rampant and all of his minions running rampant around the world we can defend our family in this concrete way
0: well and we are called the church militant for a reason and if we want to be the church triumphant it's you know it's not a solo sport it's not i got there and you know i hope everybody else does it's how do we help everyone get to heaven and i think that's you know the part of your book you know the get your family to heaven If that's not our main goal, then we need to reevaluate the goals that we have.
1: Exactly. And um, I'm so glad that you mentioned that we all have to work together as a team because another part of the prayer book for tired parents and one of our foundational steps is offering your joys and sufferings for specific intentions. So not only are we working to get our families to heaven, but we're also praying for holy souls in purgatory every step of the way. Uh, We're praying for people on earth who need our prayers too. And a practical way that we do that is we have just a regular wall calendar and we'll write in, um, the soul of a, a departed person or somebody on earth who is in need of our prayers. And we'll offer our day for them. And Dave and I both agree that sometimes it's it's hard for us to pray for ourselves just to pray for ourselves. But if I'm offering the daily joys and sufferings of parenthood for the salvation of a departed loved one. And I think of some who didn't necessarily live great lives. And so we are praying fiercely for them, that God will have mercy on them and that we'll be able to see them in heaven. It makes it all worth it. If I know that, you know, th- the raging headache that I have during the day is for is for my grandma, or, or is for Dave's uncle, or for somebody who we um, who we know was not Catholic or know who has fallen away from the church, who is now departed. We pray fiercely for them, and I'm willing to take on any sort of suffering in parenthood if it means that it's helping them. And then I pray that that those souls who have. Uh, who have entered paradise and who are in heaven are praying for us as well. We really have to work together. And and that's one of the big reasons we wanted to write the book is because we have to stick together. And we were having conversations with our friends who are tired Catholic parents as well. And sometimes it's the people that you think are are doing it right, who are still, you know, they, they still have some areas where they need a lot of help. Or on the surface, you think that they're living this ideal life and they're really struggling. So we want people to be able to get the prayer book for tired parents, for their friends, for their family members. Um, if you are a, a pastor and you're listening right now, buy copies for every family in your parish. Give them to parents when they're presenting their children for baptism. Uh, school, school principals, get a copy for every family in your school. They need it so badly. We really do all have to work together, Deacon.
0: Well, I think that's important to remember. And I remember our daughter is a Nashville Dominican and they put out a prayer book for families and we bought many copies when they came out and and gave them out as Christmas presents. So I couldn't agree with you more in terms of give these as gifts because people might not do it themselves, but if they get one, who knows how it could change their lives. Now, we're down to about the last 30 or 40 seconds. How can people get the book and kind of follow what you and your husband are doing?
1: Yeah, well, the prayer book for Tired Parents is available at EWTNRC.com. You also can get it from Sophia Institute Press's website. And if you're looking for the book and some more practical seasonal ways to grow in love of God, uh, our website is TiredCatholicParents.com. And you can send us a message there if you'd like to place a bulk order to get a lot of copies of the book. We'd be happy to help you make that happen at a discounted rate, too. So TiredCatholicParents.com.
0: Well, you know, no matter, even if it's not discounted, it's much needed. And uh, Debbie, I really appreciate you and your husband putting that book together because it is a great reminder for everyone.
1: Thank you. And I appreciate you giving us a chance to talk about it today.
0: Respect Life Radio is produced by Catholic Charities in the Archdiocese of Denver. And remember, you can listen to all of our shows at respectliferadio.com.